Good morning. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Continue. We left off the third chapter in Tainus, the bottom of 24b, the last line of the bottom. Okay, the Gemara is discussing Every yet of Shabbos, his wife, when he says his wife, would heat up the oven. And she used to throw something that would create smoke. Why? We continue on page 25. She was embarrassed. She had nothing to bake. She had nothing to cook. <laughs> but people shouldn't think. They shouldn't know how, how poor they are. So she would, people would think, oh, there's smoke coming, they're cooking something. So have a have a She had a very terrible neighbor. Amra, she said, I know they have nothing. They're, they're, they're poor. They're so poor. What What's the expression? Like church mice? <laughs> she used to make the smoke leaves. Whatever, whatever. Not. So what's what she, what's all the smoke all about? the door. The wife was embarrassed that she'll see that she has an empty oven. She went to the inner room. It's Abed Lanisa, a miracle happened. The Chazalat Tanurim Malilachim. So when she entered the house, the neighbor entered the house, it was filled with bread, with loaves of bread. I got the Malilisha, and the plates were full of dough. Right next to the oven. Amalah, Planisa, Planisa, Icy Masa. She says, Planisa, Planisa. She said, the, 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 the neighbors called out. This is Mrs. I see Mazza bring a, to remove, bring a, a marda to remove the bread. What's his translation? So he says, bring a shovel and to remove. The oven is full before it burns. It's Abedle Nisid Chadiyah. So he says, I see Mazza, the Chodachlachman is going to burn the bread. So she said, yeah, I went, that's why I went in to look for. <laughs> I went to find to find the shovel to remove all the bread. Tana, we learn Afhi. Tana, we learn Afhi. Wife of Hanina, Lahavi Marda Nichnesa. She didn't just say it. She didn't lie. She knew this exactly what's going to happen. She was so used to miracles. Her husband was such a miraculous, uh, miraculous. She expected this exactly what's going to happen. Hashem would not let, let her be embarrassed. So Shitaka went to look for the for the for the shop. Amalei Devis says to the wife, I said to the husband, they must How long are we going to live in such poverty and such pain? my what should we do? So she said, Boy Nays will immediately ask, beg, beg for mercy, ask Hashem. He should give us something. We should have something. He listened to his wife like a good Jewish husband, and he pleaded to Hashem. So a, a, a hand came out from heaven, and gave him a leg of a golden table. And with that leg, you're rich. You have enough money to provide. Chazi his wife saw in the dream that night. See the tzaddik adoch lev. See the david. The tzaddik am I going to eat the neilam haba? Going to sit 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 around the golden table. This little last cat, and they have three legs. And you and you and your husband. husband couples are together in the other world. Also get together in this world. And you and you and your husband are going to sit. the You're going to sit on the table with only two legs. One leg is missing because we gave you that leg here. Are you happy with this? Do you like that? That for all eternity, all the tzaddikim are going to be sitting, the couples are going to be sitting on a table with three legs, three-legged table, and we're going to be sitting on a two-legged table. What should we do? It's too late now. So, so he said, I'm going to ask, I'm going to dab in Tashab. 
should have mercy, then Nishkalim, you know, he should take it away. He said, no, I said, what should I do? So he said, uh, he says, ask Hashem mercy, he should take it away from you. They begged for mercy, and they took it away. Now we learn, because we have a, a tradition handed down from Moshe at Sinai. That Hashem gives, but He doesn't take back. So taking back is even greater than, and that's what Hasidus explains, because Hashem creates something from nothing. Hashem takes energy and turns it into matter. That's what Hashem does, creation. A person, a tzaddik, it says what a tzaddik does is even greater, was through the davening of Eichanin ben Daisa. A tzaddik accomplishes something even greater. He takes something material and transforms it into something godly. Takes matter and turns it into energy. To take back is, much, is a much greater innovation, is a much greater miracle. To take something coarse and crass and material and to transform it into something holy and godly is a greater act of creation than Hashem's act of creation. Yeah. Yeah, which is from the top down, from the bottom up, is much greater, much more profound. The mother says, "Chad beshimshi." Another story of the days. One erev Shabbos, Chad lebrati tavetziv. He saw that his wife, he saw that his daughter was sad. Amala biti, my daughter lemayetziv. So why are you sad? Amala, she said to him. Preparing that candle for Shabbos instead of using oil, instead I used the vinegar. It locked him in Shabbos, and now the light will go out because the oil can't sustain the light. He says, My daughter, my patlach, what do you care? Whoever says that oil should burn could also say that vinegar should burn. And we learn that's what happened. Until Mitzvah Shabbos, they brought the fire from another candle, Fabdullah. Because, you know, Hashem creates the world through speech. Words are formed, words are formulated, and it's rigid, you can't change it. It is what it is. Fire is fire, and. and, and but it's like it's like the, the student is stuck with the words. He doesn't have the flexibility. The master, the teacher, can use these words. I can use other words. It's all about the contents, not about the words. They're not stuck in the words. That's why the world of nature is words. Nature doesn't change. It is today, tomorrow. It never changes. But the miracle when you connect to what's inside the word, then it's very flexible. I can I can rearrange the words. I can the same word, the same energy that goes into into oil that causes oil to light, causes the vinegar to light. Like Avraham walked in the fire, and the fire didn't burn him. It's fire, and what and he's not burnt. It's a garden, a garden of Eden. So when, you, when you live a miraculous life, like a Rechanina ben Daisen, when your whole life, you're beyond nature, you're not rigid, you don't live by dictates of your nature and your urges and your instincts and you don't follow your nature, I'm stuck in my nature, you live a life connected with Hashem, you transcend your own, you rise above your own nature, then Hashem responds in kind. So who says that, that the properties of oil only are stuck with oil? The, the vinegar will have the same properties and also life. He had these goats. He had these goats. So his neighbors say that we have a problem. Your goats are grazing in the field and they're ruining our fields. If they are causing any harm, let the, let the, the bears come and, 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 and uh, eat them up. If not, every goat should bring a beer in its horns. That night, they all brought. They were so honest. They didn't graze in in, 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 in strangers' field. And to prove that, each one of them miraculously was able to carry a beer in its, in its horns. Another story. Uh, he had a neighbor. The Kabanya base, she was building her house. And the problem is that the beams didn't reach the, the, the ceiling. 
They were too short. she came to but should have a problem. It was a New York foot. <laughs> it was too short. Amari says, Lamash what's your name? Amalai she said, Iku. Amalai, he said to her, Iku, Nimtik Iku, your beam should stretch. And she'll reach from wall to wall. Tana, we learn. That's what exactly what happened. even went beyond the wall. Amalakan, Amalakan, from both sides. What? Right. To, 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 to publicize the nest. Yashem Rim, now this is Nifn. Awesome. That what happened was he made connections. <coughs> that the small, small pieces of wood along the beams. First version is that the beams extended. The other version is that it had small little pieces of wood that became attached to the ends, and therefore, it ex- therefore the beams became longer and they were able to reach from wall to wall. Okay. Sniffing. Tanya, we learn. Plimi says, "I need I saw that house, that miraculous house. I could see it. I'm come, I'm come, I'm And they said to him, this was, you know, the contractor was through his prayer. <laughs> he built it. He built it. I thought Abchinim was poor. Where did he have all these goats? You're not allowed to raise. The rabbi is prohibited from raising, from raising goats and sheep in Israel because they would graze the land, small animals. They would, they would eat up all the grass. Yeah. So how did he have goats? They weren't his. Someone passed through his house and he left chickens and he forgot to, he forgot to pick it up. He, he asked him to watch his chickens for him. His hens, his chickens. His wife, wife found them. And she said to him, and he said, Abhanin said to her, I'll take them and don't eat from their from their eggs. Because it doesn't belong to us and we're just watching it, it's not ours. And they laid a lot of eggs. And from the eggs they hatched a lot of tanagel and a lot of chickens. It was too much. And they sold so he sold them. And he bought with their money, bought the goats, which, which, right, which, which is easier to take care of. The person who passed by and left his chickens there, I left my chickens here. I forgot all about it. And also, he gave him a sign, and he proved that he was indeed his chicken. But not all seasons, he took all the goats. And these were the goats that miraculously brought, brought the beers. So it wasn't his own, he was watching it for this person. The question is, wasn't he wasn't obligated? It wasn't a question of years. The guy, gave, the guy disappeared. He didn't even know it was. He had a son. No, no years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, right. He didn't ask him to watch. You're right. He just left it there. The wife found him. But he realized someone loved yeah. it, so he wasn't going to touch it. Your mother said, "Abelazim does extremely poor." So he he let blood. That was a way of healing in those days. And, he, and you have to eat something after, but he had nothing to eat to re- refresh his blood to get, to regain his strength. And he took a piece of of, of garlic, and he put it into his mouth, strengthened himself. But because it was so sharp. And he was eating an empty stomach, and he just let his blood. He fainted. He fell asleep. The rabbis went to, 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 to check up on him. And they found he was asleep. They saw that he was crying and smiling. And a fire went out from his, from his, 
his uh, forehead. He asked her when he woke up, Amalad, he said, My time is Why did you cry and smile? Amalud, I was sitting in Baruch I was sitting together with Hashem, and I said to him, I said to him, I must start by Alma, how long? Will I live such a life of poverty in this world of pain? My son, Hashem told me, my son, you want me I should turn the whole world upside down from the beginning? I should recreate it? And maybe you should be born at a moment when the mazel of Parnassa is, is ascendant. And you, therefore you'll be rich, you'll have a plenty. I said, Hashem, you really have to turn over the whole world just so I can be able to live? Perhaps. So, firstly, maybe, even if you can do that, maybe I will be born at that auspicious time, maybe not. I said to him, the Chayit, the years that I lived is more, is it more than the years that I will live, that I have left? Or the years that I will live is more than the years I already lived. Yes, okay. Hashem, information, inside information. Hashem said to me, the years you already lived is more than the years you still have yet to live. That's why he cried. That's the reason why he cried. I said to Hashem, if that's the case, that the years that I already lived are more, I don't want you to turn the whole world and recreate it just for me. Hashem said to me, for that reward, for the reward for saying that you don't want me to do, I, I'm ready to do it, but if you don't want me to do it, I guarantee you the world to come. I guarantee you the world to come, Thirteen rivers of, of balsamic, balsamic oil, pure oil. Like like the rivers, the Euphrates and the Chidekel, the Tigris, the Ma'angizbo, that you'll enjoy, you'll bathe, and you'll, you'll walk along these rivers. And Abdullah heard this, he smiled. I said, Farshem, hai visuloi, that's all, that's all I'm getting in the world to come, nothing else. What should I give? What should I give to your colleagues? Madly, I said to him, I don't want you to take anything away from my colleagues to give me. Give me a port of someone from someone who's not doesn't have a share in the world to come. And he hit me with his uh, with his thumb. No, that's what Sreda on 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 my forehead. This is the finger next to the thumb? It's like so when you snap your finger, right? So he snapped his finger on my on my. Uh, on my forehead, Amr says, "Allah's gidi gidi I put my arrows in you, and that's why a fire went out. Okay, declared a fast day. rain didn't come. would fast and rain would come. 
and you're fasting and nothing is happening. You're comparing me to Bashur and Levi? He's much greater than me. So let him come. And together we'll have Maybe the congregation will break the heart. which will bring rain. they prayed. rain still didn't come. said to the congregation, Are you are you satisfied? Are you do you agree that the rain should come just in our merit without the merit of the congregation? yes. Amri says, Rekia, Rekia, heaven, heaven, Kasip, and Ayach, cover your face with clouds, thick clouds. Vilei Kasi, and the heavens didn't listen, there was no clouds. Amri, Hamohanina says, Kami Izim, Kamazim, Penelikia, look how chutzpadik they are. They're not ashamed, they don't cover their face in front of the congregation. And then, Kasi, Vasimitra, then they were covered, thick clouds came, and rain came. Hmm. The clouds, not on our merit, but because of the congregation, the community, the merit of the community. The clear fast and rain didn't come. He said, Master, the universal lease, you went up and you're sitting in the high, in the heaven of heavens. You have no mercy and compassion on your children. אַסְמִיתְרֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְדֵנְד
since he brings a he brings something that he expounded in it says it says in Psalms Tzadik will blossom like a like a palm tree and like a cedar in Lebanon and Yiskel will grow if a tzaddik is compared to a palm tree, why are you comparing him to a cedar? Make it be a mind. The tzaddik like a cedar is like a palm tree. So he explained. If you just say it's like a palm tree and not like a cedar, you see, I would say, we continue on side B. If you cut off the palm tree, it doesn't grow back. One grow. Nothing will remain for him. If he won't, if he won't, nothing will remain of the tzaddik. Because he won't, in other words, there won't be a resurrection. When the tzaddik dies, passes away, it's over. Just like the tree, when you chop off the palm tree, it's over. It won't grow back. A cedar, if you chop it off, grows back. So the tzaddik, even when he passes away, will grow back with the resurrection. But if the pasuk only said tzaddik compared to a cedar, it doesn't say tzaddik compared to a palm tree. I would say a cedar doesn't give off fruits. Not a fruit-bearing tree. The tzaddik does not, it doesn't bear any fruits. In other words, he won't be rewarded in the future. He won't be rewarded for his good deeds only in this world, but not in the future. That's why he says, that he's a fruit-bearing tree, just like a palm tree. Therefore, he receives reward in the world to come for all the deeds that he does now. But then Makedes, the teacher us that he will be resurrected. If you tell me that a cedar, if you chop it off, grows back. If a person buys a tree from his friend and with the intent to, 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 to chop it off, he needs the wood. He's buying it. He's purchasing wood. So he has to leave a certain portion of it. He can't chop it off, uproot it entirely. He has to leave something that will allow it to grow back. Because when they sold it to him, he didn't sell it to him to completely uproot the tree. He sold it to him for the wood. But leave the ste- leave something that allow it to grow back. So most trees, if you leave a tefa three inches, a little more than three inches above the ground, you're fine. And bakaitis. So you shouldn't chop it off all the way to the ground, let alone to uproot it, but just chop it off up until three inches above the ground. But an, an elder, older tree, a tree that you cut, and then it grows back even thicker. Then when you cut that tree, you have to leave six inches, a little more than six inches above the ground. Because since it already was chopped up once, and now you're chopping up the tree for a second time, so, it's an, so you need you need tutvach. But if it's a new plant, it was never cut. You need three tvach. It's a shikma tree. What? Sycamore. And vines. Grapevines, from the lower, you could only cut it from the from the knot, like, but not the tree, not the stem of the tree itself. That you're not allowed to cut it at all, because you have to. Only then will the, will the vine grow back. Well, if you're just buying the tree, the, not, uh, yeah, the column, but if it's a if it's a palm tree or a cedar, you don't have to leave anything above the ground. You can even uproot the, the roots. Why? It won't help. It doesn't matter what you leave over. It'll never grow back. 
So you see that a cedar is exactly like a palm tree. It'll never grow back. So why are you so telling me that the Pasuk appears as tzaddik to a cedar to teach me that even after he passes away it will grow back, be resurrected? A cedar doesn't grow back. A cedar is like a palm tree. The Gemara answers, Hacha here. My skin, you know, we're talking about other types of cedars that have different names. Like there are ten types of cedars. Remember it says in Isaiah. So he says, so when he says in the Brais, he says in the Brais that a cedar doesn't grow back, he's talking about in the cedar. A cedar that has different names, they do grow back. And that's why the tzaddik is compared to that type of cedar that does grow back. The rabbis learn. There's there's ten types of cedars. Maybe only the cedar itself doesn't grow back, and all the others do grow back. The fast and then the community. You know the different three and then three and then seven. Nevertheless, the Yodishama didn't help. It didn't rain. The last fast, the, the congregation left, started leaving. After they finished davening, Amulem Rav Leza says, Did you prepare graves for yourself? Did you buy a lot, a plot yet? We're all going to die. There's no rain, there's nothing to eat, there's nothing to drink. When they heard this, go they all burst out crying. When they realized how dire it is, they're about to hit the grave. The moment they broke their heart and they genuinely cried, that's what Hashem was waiting for. And it immediately started raining. But sure, Maitre Rabbeleza was another story. He went to David on the fast day because of a drought. He said, and he said, the 24 blessings that we learned earlier, Hashem did not respond, it didn't rain. Yeah, Rabbi Kiva Akhara, Rabbi Kiva went down, uh, went down in the Davin afterwards. He was the next Chazim, and he said, Avinu Malkeinu, Elonu Melech Elohata. This is the foundation of Avinu Malkeinu. Rabbi Kiva was the one who, who authored it. Avinu Malkeinu, our father and our king, Elonu Melech Elohata, we have no king but you. Avinu Malkeinu, Lemancha, for your sake, Rachim Aleinu. And the moment he said that we are the him ring him down. So the rabbis started thinking amongst themselves. Rabbi Akiva was answered. Rabbi Leza not. So you say Rabbi Akiva, the student is greater than Rabbi Leza, the, the teacher. Yotza Baskel, the heavenly voice came out of and said, Loi. Not because Rabbi Kiva is greater. Loyim of nature, Rabbi Kiva is greater than Rabbi Leza. Ella, rather, Rabbi Leza is very strict. You know, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't compromise on his principles. Rabbi Kiva is very flexible. So because of his flexibility, that's why Hashem responded to him. Beleza was the one who was excommunicated. He couldn't. He couldn't bend. He couldn't yield. He was unyielding. He was, you know, he was truthful. Truth can't yield. Truth is truth. You can't play games with truth. Akiva was more diplomatic. Akiva took into consideration human weakness. Like Aaron, Aaron McCoyen, we tell a white lie for the sake of peace. So that's why Hashem responded to it. Tell the Rabban and the Rabbis learn that Masa Yaksham him yedim Atzibur pays gimitanisam. How much rain do we have to have when we stop fasting? Mother says, "Kimloi better chamacharesha." Like the amount of the depth of the furrows. Through the uh, the uh, through the plow, and that creates the furrows. It's the the plow goes into the earth, and it creates on each side 
it displaces the earth on each side, and that creates the, the furrows. I mean, it creates these, uh, yeah. So if, these little mountains are like of sand, so if, if this rain, and it rained to the depth of these like little mounds, which are like three to like nine inches, then, then you no longer have to fast. That means you have enough rain. Disagree, and they said, no, you can't give one standard amount. Ella, they said, that's true. But I could say uh, if the earth is parched and wasn't plowed, then you, the mount is then you need a tefah. If it goes in the depth into the ground of a tefah, three inches, and it has all that it needs. You're already doing that. But the is. I mean, I guess that this pastor can teach you, maybe, not to torture somebody to death. Because it would be like. You know, go with Tefah because it's not plowed, so if it goes on three inches, in, uh, three, three inches into the ground, then you know that it's. Uh, then you know that, that, that it's. it's you have enough rain. The bane in this, it's not so. If, if the land is not so parched, so it has to go to a chayim, a depth of six inches. If the land is plowed, so even a little rain would go in because it's all plowed. The earth is like a sieve; the, the rain will go in. So I don't know if it goes in three inches or six inches. It doesn't mean I have enough rain to grow. In that case, I need shloshet tefachim. It goes to a depth of nine inches, a little more than nine inches, then I know it has all the rain that it needs in order to grow. You don't have a case where you have rain. That's a tefach, it's three inches, that you don't have the water from below the earth meeting meeting it halfway three times as much nine inches that's the way it works like a relationship when the rain comes in the water rises to meet it so if the one tefach of rain three tefachim of water rises rises to meet it so the question is you learn a different that it meets it it matches it double but not triple Right, we're doing a matching campaign now. It's double, not triple. <laughs> You're doing triple. Also double. You want to lay cash, it's not a contradiction. Khan, Khan Bavuda. Khan, Bakakashain Avuda. Depends. If the land is plowed, and even if it's a tefah. So, so it's not that much rain, so therefore. The water below matches it doubles. But kinda here we're talking about if the land is not plowed. The land is not plowed. So in order in order for the for the to go into a tefah, you have to have a lot of rain. It has to be pounded by a lot of rain. So there's so much rain, therefore then the water below meets it if it's a, a plow, then you don't need a lot of rain to fill up a tefah in the depth. Because the, the earth is plowed, so it's ready to receive the rain. So if you have a tefah of rain, all the response will also be less, double, that's it. But if the land is parched and dry, and nevertheless, with so much rain, it, it takes a lot of rain to pound it, to be able to absorb a tefah, so, so much rain, the earth responds, and you get three minors. Every day they would pour, with the sacrifices, they would pour wine libation. But in sukkahs, in addition, they would also wear wine, a water libation. So when they used to, so Rabbi Lazar says, when they pour the water libation,
So the, 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 the water below says to the water from above, he says, allow your water to flow. I hear the sound of two friends, which is the wine libation every day, together with the water libation. In other words, there should be a bigger flow of rain. It says, that the hoim, the depth, speaks to the depth, to the sound of tinerecha. Tinerecha are the two, are the two basins in which they poured the wine and the water on sukkahs. So the water above says to the water below, let's make sure, let's bring a lot of rain because they're pouring these two libations. We hear the, the voice of our friends. Let's let's make sure there's a lot of rain this year. I saw with my own eyes high the angel's name is Lydia and he's the one in charge on rain the rain from the heaven from above and the rain from below this angel has the appearance of like a calf a third calf which is very fat and very like perfect perfectly balanced and his lips are spread out and he stands between the water below and the heavens the water in heavens into the water above the angel says his name is pour your water into the water below he says the angel says let your water flow above it says it says in song of songs when you see the libations once a year just like the uh, the flowers when it starts flowering when it starts uh, blossoming once a year and it's time it's time to sing the song of sukkahs all the songs that accompany the libations so in that moment it says in the, the pastor continues nishma bartsenu we're going to hear in our land the voice of the angel Ridya that looks like Hatoy, like an axe. And he's telling all these, telling these waters to flow in abundance and to give the Jewish people the rain and the water that they need. Okay, we learn now Mishnah, Shamim. If they're fasting and it started raining before sunrise. Then they shouldn't finish the fast. After sunrise, they should finish the fast. The rabbis learn. And it started raining in the middle of the fast day. If it started raining after sunrise, then they should continue and finish the fast. And he says, If it starts raining before noon, Break your fast. Go, go, go. Eat and drink and be merry and thank Hashem. Bachat says, "What if it starts raining afternoon? Yeshlimu, finish that day. Finish fasting." A third opinion. Abiyasi says, "If it starts raining before three o'clock, three p.m., then break your fast." Bachat after after three o'clock, Yeshlim. I'm sorry, Tasha Shoyes, I'm sorry, 9 in the morning. After 9 in the morning. Oh, no, I'm sorry, no, no you're right, until, until 3 p.m. Because the kings would wake up, kings would wake up at 9 a.m. And when after you wake up, you don't eat for the for next six hours. Intermittent fasting. <laughs> so. So the, the point is that if it's meal time and you, and you didn't eat because of the fast, then continue fasting the rest of the day. If the rain comes before meal time, make that meal, you still say, don't break the fast. So since kings, princes, those, those who don't work, 
uh, what are they called? Uh, trust fund babies. Wake up at 9 a.m. And they don't eat. They don't sit down to eat. Their real meal till 3 p.m. So if, if, if the rain starts before then, break the fast. If not, continue fasting. So we find by Acha, the king of Israel. She when Elio rebuked him for murdering his neighbor, novice is Israeli to take his vineyard. So he fasted. He did truvan. He fasted. He takes a shoyz l'mailo. Because Elio and Novi came to him at three p.m. and he accepted the fast upon himself, and it was considered like a fast. Remember, it says that the word of Elio Tishbi was set to him. Marisa ki nichna achav mufanei. Hashem said to Elio, don't you see that Nachav broke his heart? He, he relented, he, he bowed down to me. Because of that, I'm not, the, 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 I'm not going to bring all the bad prophecies and it's not going to be in his lifetime, it'll be after his lifetime. And we know that Elio spoke to him when he was at 3 p.m. The prince decreed a fast day because of the drought and it helped Hashem responded immediately during the middle of the fast it started raining after sunrise before noon first Rabbi Yehuda thought that let's finish the fast because it started only after sunrise like Rabbi Meir the law follows Rabbi Yehuda that it all depends on if it starts raining before noon, you break the fast. And here it was before noon. It was after sunrise, before noon. And so therefore, we can break the fast and immediately make the Suda say, duh. It's only if, it's, if it starts raining after noon, then you continue fast. Shmuel HaKot in Gazet HaNisa, Shmuel HaKot in the Creed. A fast because of a drought. Well, in Shammim, Kedem and Esacham, and it started raining before sunrise. Kisur Naam Leimeir, Shifcha Shul Tziburu. And maybe it's because of the merit of the congregation. It's a praise to the congregation because they didn't even daven yet. And already they answered. So Amalehem, Shmuel HaKadon said to them, I'll give you a parable. A servant is asking for a gift from his teacher, from his master. And the master says to the servants, I don't even want to listen to it. They were boasting. They were so proud of themselves. Look at our merit. We didn't even have to daven. We didn't have to do anything. And Hashem already responded. He says, no, on the contrary. Hashem doesn't, can't stand your davening. He, doesn't want, he says, please, give them. I don't want to hear their voice. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wanted to get them to really do tshuva, not, not to be smug and content and satisfied. He wanted to wipe the smirk off their face. And this is supposed to answer. He declared a fast. And the rain came on the fast. I'm sure it had to do with Shmuel HaKotten. The reason why Hashem responded to Shmuel HaKotten, the mother says well, how great he was, right? He was worthy of the Shekhinah, of having the Shekhinah appear to him like Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, he was one of the greatest. So, but in the modesty... So anyway, so, the, so immediately Hashem responded and it started raining. After the fact. You see, Hashem listened to their prayers. It's a praise. Hashem responded to their prayers. It's nothing to do with the congregation. I'll give you a parable. You know what it's compared to? A servant asks ask for a gift from his master. The master says to the servant, wait. Wait until he grows weaker and he's in pain. Hashem is not happy with him. He says, let him suffer. Let him suffer, and once he finishes suffering, then I'll answer him. Because Hashem is not happy with him, so don't be so proud of yourself. On the contrary. According to Shmuel HaKotten, where do we find, how do we find that Hashem does respond to the, to the community? He says, when the congregation starts saying, and as soon as they say, the wind starts blowing. And when the chazan starts saying, 
immediately it starts raining. Then you know that Hashem is responding to the congregation. At that moment, not before, before he doesn't want to hear your davening. He disgusts them so much. And not after, he's not interested. Yeah, once, you, once you declare the kindness, it's late. So, yeah, here, just a, I think you said just a regular day. Mm. That's good. Right. The moment you say Mashavaro. Right. No, but even in the fast day, if the yeah. rain comes as soon as, right by the davening, uh-huh. right when the chazan says, no, he's talking about a fast day. But right, right at that moment, he can't say Hashem doesn't want to hear his davening. He likes his davening. He can't say Hashem says, wait. No, at that moment, he responds, yeah. Okay. Let's already finish the chapter. We learn now Mishnah Maisa because the time is below and it started raining before for noon and they went and they made a yamt and then they came back to Shul and they read the Halala Gadol Hoidul Hashem Yimara has the name Halala Gadol why didn't they first say Halala and then make a meal a celebration both answered they both said if you say name them Halala you can't say Halala empty stomach you can't say halal on empty stomach. First, you gotta feed them. You gotta give a kiddush. First, after they eat, then you can give. Then you can talk. Because a person then feels the praise. Hashem gave you and satisfied you. He's giving you rain. You can have enough to eat. Then you can praise wholeheartedly. In other words, it's not rejecting. It's it could be. It's gonna be both. Like it says, when do you bless, when do you make a bracha? So you know, after you eat and you're full, then you can you can. Right, but he's not saying it's but this is a problem face with the Gershon Any if I it's not so over our popical Bekinishda, the Ba Abigover when Tapa twenty six A he came to the shul of Abigover because of Tanisa and there was a drought and he the Korea a fast day, we are shaman and rain at Ratzes. Before noon, Barmer Halle said, Halle of Harkach of Shasu. But answer, Shiny, Bemachuzo. Chuzo was the exception. Because they had a tendency of getting drunk. So he was worried once they sent them home, they're not coming back. So he had no choice. So he, he had them say Halle first, and then he sent them home to celebrate. We finished the third chapter. And tomorrow, Mitch Hashem, we're going to finish, start the fourth and final chapter of Tainas. Everyone have a beautiful, wonderful day.